When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Gonna, I'm going to introduce the show. So welcome back to another Wisco Fanatics. Bryant and I are currently in a, I would say, a friendly debate. It's not that we're going at each other, but we have some disagreements, and that's okay because at the end of the day, we love the Green Bay Packers, and we hope that they win every single game. So we're passionate about it, right? So in my opinion, I think that player-led teams are the best teams. The players are the ones that have to make the plays, right? Giannis has said similar things about the Bucks, right? Everybody's questioning Griffin. And Bobby Portis, you know, there was a report about Bobby Portis saying stuff in the locker room. I think that the players need to take more ownership. That's what I personally think. You're a guy like Darnell Savage. You're on a contract year. You're a guy that needs to earn some money, needs to earn some respect in that locker room. And earn some respect from the fan base, too, because, quite frankly, you haven't been the player that we thought we were getting, right? Like, let's just call a spade a spade, in my opinion. And he could be more of a leader back there. You know, the best defenses – what do they have? They have good pass rushers. They have they're good up the middle with middle linebackers, and they have a good safety. You know they're controlling the middle of the field because inside the numbers is obviously easier to pass than outside the numbers, right? And we don't have one of our leaders on the field, and that's Jair Alexander. I guarantee you, if Jair Alexander was in this in this game, they would not have got that last drive. Agreed. I promise you that. I agree. So. There's all this talk about Barry, all this talk about the floor after we win three straight games and we're looking really, really good. And there's a lot of improvement. And now we lose a game that we shouldn't have lost. Why? We, how we many times it? did we say that? How many times did we say in this, like coming into the season, in the early season, in yeah. the middle of the season, right. that this team will lose games that they shouldn't? That, I get that we've we've been kind of expecting this right. to happen at some point. It doesn't make it any easier to deal with. I agree. But it was to be expected at some point that this team was going to lose games they shouldn't and win games they shouldn't. Case and in point, the previous three. Did, did you see my – you remember my key matchup last week? No, I do not. Refresh my memory. It was Jordan Love and the Packers versus being crowned and everyone pumping them up or everything like that, right? And what do they yeah. do? They turn around and crap the bed. And, and there's a couple of symbols. Like, for one, I never thought they should have been a touchdown favorite. I even told my buddy that, who's a giant Not on the road. And he thought I was I was trolling. I was like, watch. I said, we're not winning this game by a touchdown. And we might – we're, like, on a high upset alert. And then he didn't believe me, and it happened. And then just like, kind of like what me and Jake were talking about, for Joe Barry to come out and say, oh, I didn't – I never thought it would be possible that we wouldn't be able to sack the quarterback. That tells me – that because our front four were getting home, he decided not to dial up any blitzes. He just assumed going into the game, since they were the easily and far and away the worst offensive line in the NFL, that we didn't have to make a plan for it and just hope they get home. And then once they're not, we don't we don't adjust at all. And to me, that's just inexcusable. 
And we, the other part of the debate we were having a little bit was uh, just talking about the defense. And he has a, he has a one size fit all defense that he runs. And that we're, we're kind of talking about it. it's actually working for quarterbacks like Mahomes and uh, Herbert and stuff that want to push the ball down the field. But these other quarterbacks that aren't that good and they're able to drop the ball off, we're allowing them to drop the ball off and letting, because they're easy completions. DeVito had four incompletions that game. Like that's, and, and two or three of those were overthrows. So the sideline. And another one was a blatant drop at the first throw of the game. Uh, so like this, the defense is just, isn't it. And like, yeah, the last drive we were talking about Jake, how Carrington Valentine should have been playing up, but he's a rookie. You got to make sure he's coached there. And then if it's not, you need to call a timeout or do something at that position. I'm pretty sure we still had two timeouts. I can't remember exactly, but I know pretty sure we at least maybe one, but either way, like do something at that point, tell a guy to go down or, or go down to your, or radio down to your Mike linebacker and be like, Hey, tell Valentine, he needs to play up on this guy. Something. It just, yeah. I I don't disagree with that, but you know, going back to what Tyler was saying, you know, games that they should win, right? You're thinking about the Raiders game. You think about the Broncos at a, at a certain point, what they were before they went on this long winning streak, right? You're thinking about this Giants game. What's the one thing that's in common with those games? They're all on the road. And you know what the hardest part about young teams that are trying to learn how to win is? On the road. Every former NFL player talks about winning on the road, no matter the opponent's record. It is tough. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is or, or your defensive coordinator. It doesn't. None of that matters, Okay. Because it's hard to win in general, especially on the road. And then you had to wait an extra day. You have all this hype. I actually really love that you you picked that last week for your, your key to the game was uh, Jordan Love and the offense getting crowned too early. And, you know, it goes back to, to Aaron Rodgers' quote, right, about let's not crown him. Let's just let him play his career. And that is 100%, you know, a, a factual statement. And he doesn't also want the media to just destroy these kids. Like they're trying to do to Zach Wilson. And then he comes back and he wins AFC player of the week. So it's like, let's just let the guys play. We'll see what happens. And then we can judge them when they're done. Right. So I a hundred percent agree with that, but uh, Tyler, what do you got, buddy? You're muted. Oh yeah. We can't hear you. Really just want to advocate strongly for balance. Because, and this goes back to the crowning thing, we we lauded his play because he was playing super well over the last three weeks. And there's, there's no denying that. I don't care what team you're a fan of. There's no denying that the last three weeks, Jordan Love was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But this one bad week does not mean that those last three carry no weight. Because we're going to talk about some of these things when we talk about Jordan Love. What Jake brought up, those five road losses, Atlanta, Las Vegas, Denver, Pittsburgh, and, and the New York Giants. That's five road losses. They lost those games by a combined 13 points. Say those teams again. Atlanta, Denver, Pittsburgh, Giants, um, Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, see, and not to hijack you, but all those, and aside from the Denver because Russell Wilson's good, but not at the time he wasn't playing well. All those were quarterbacks that want to show that that's kind of the point I was making with Barry is like, and look at, we only lost by three points. And what does that mean? We were letting them just go up and down the field a little bit, bend not break. And they end up getting those field goals or we miss one or something. That's the difference in a lot of those Here's games. the thing. So, cause it's not, it's not just Barry and in these games. And I'm going to, I wrote down what happened in these games, the fourth quarter in Atlanta, 
The Packers had two minutes and 52 seconds of possession in the fourth quarter. Out of 15. Yeah. It means Atlanta possessed the ball for over 12 minutes of the fourth quarter. In Las Vegas, they had two late turnovers. In Denver, they had a penalty that put them in a third and 20, and Love had a turnover. Yep. And Pittsburgh, again, they couldn't get over the hump on offense. Uh, against the Giants, they got cooked for 32 yards playing plus coverage, and they had that two-point conversion that they failed. There's there's no common denominator here. The common denominator, the least common denominator, Jake brought up. It's that they're young. Yep. That is the thing you can attribute to every single one of the games because it wasn't just the offense in all five games. It wasn't just the defense in all five games. It wasn't just the special teams in all five games. Different phases, different things, different plays, different outcomes, all affected why the Packers lost those five games by a combined 13 points. Another issue I had with this game is the Packers had five scoring drives where they put points on. Hmm. Four of those drives, the next time the Giants touched the ball, they scored. No, that's... And that's happening a lot this year. It's like it reminds me of watching a Twins game. We put in runs on an inning, and the next inning for 100% it's like 100% of the time we can give up runs. It's like well, we're not – our defense isn't – you know, and our offense definitely did not play well this game, but they played well enough in the fourth and the second half that we had a chance to win the game, especially against a team that going into that game was giving up seven points – or putting up seven points per game at home. That's what – that was that they were scoring. It's, it's got to be – I get what you're saying. You're young, but it's just like – I. I'm not saying we should fire Barry right now. I'm just saying we sure in the hell should not re- bring him back. If we bring him back, it just tells me that Matt LaFleur does not have the guts to get rid of somebody. I mean, they've fired two special teams coordinators already, but um, there should be a third this year. Maybe. We'll talk about coaching. They might. They might. Well, we'll talk about coaching. We have a segment yeah. for that. Yeah. So in the midst of this being a frustrated game, instead of doing three stars and an underrated performer – each of the three of us picked an underrated performer because there were we agreed there were no stars of the game. Jaden Reed played pretty well, but overall, um, we just we just felt that we're just going to talk about some underrated guys. So I have a feeling my guy might end up getting picked. But Bryant, uh, give us your underrated performer. I'll leave the one I think you want. So I will I will go with Jaden Reed because I do the wide receiver development. True. And you can harp on the fact that Jaden Reed had what was it? Let me look real quick. He had eight receptions for 27 yards. That's awful. That's god awful. He but he had some good runs. But those receptions is not his fault. It was Matt Lafleur running the same play over and over and over. So I will say Jaden Reed. He tried. He played his ass off like as much as he could. He was not put in a position to succeed. So I, he was my underrated performer. I think he did the best he could with the the. Yeah what he could with the plays that was called to him. Um, It's not his fault that we're throwing the ball to him behind the line of scrimmage instead of all those plays where we've seen he's really good running overs and and slants and all that stuff. The runs, don't get me wrong, the first two times, or the one out of half and one towards the beginning of the game, or the first touchdown, I should say, great play calls. But when you do it continuously, it becomes a not great play call anymore. And that's not on Jaden Reed. He's not going to be like, hey, coach, I'm not running that again. Like, there's nothing you can do. We'll talk a little bit more about some of these things. Yeah. Um, definitely the two-point conversion. We'll get to that. And we, we have another play that we want to bring up. We'll bring up with Jordan Love. But, Jake, who is your underrated performer? I picked uh, Devontae Wyatt. 
is who I chose. That's a really good one. Um, he had four total tackles, four solo. He had a tackle for loss, and he led the team in hurries this last week. He had five hurries. Um, he also would have 100%. I will die on this hill if I have to alone. He would have had at least one sack if he was not held like a madman. Man. Um, he got held quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, I'm not crying about the refs because, you know, we've got some calls. Every team gets calls. It is what it is. But I'm just telling you right now, there was a few plays where Devontae Wyatt broke through the line and he got held by two different linemen on a play. I think we counted at least three. So there's that. I mean, I know we, we don't really do the grades on PFF, uh, but Wyatt did earn his best grade of the season. So that could be, you know, something to hang your hat on if you're a PFF guy. But I thought Wyatt was great. He played really, really well. I thought the whole D-line was – He almost played was, too fast on that one play. Or wait, that might have been uh, – That was Slayton. That was Slayton. Dude, yeah. they got lucky that the tight end was pulling across because if he wasn't, yeah. Slayton was going to tackle the quarterback with the running back, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went with Patrick Taylor. Over the last two weeks, actually, he's been pretty solid. Uh, yep. This week he had four carries for 30 yards. The week before he had two for 29. And then he also added two receptions for 22 yards. And that was another one of the things we talked about before the show is if he's playing well, give him a couple more touches. Yeah. Like, what what does it hurt you? I mean, it obviously literally hurt A.J. Dillon because he's got a broken thumb. But, I mean, when a guy is playing well, give him the ball a little more. I agree. Yeah, he made the one mistake, and he realized it right away. But when you have your veteran on the team doing the same thing two or three games later, you know what I mean? So hopefully Matt LaFleur, you know, had the same reaction as both of those. But. All right, so, Bryant, talk about the wide receivers. Uh, kind of already hit on it. Just not really a good game by any wide receiver in the receiving game, to be honest. They did what they could. Uh, Dobbs had four for 32. Uh, like I said, eight, eight receptions by Reed for 27 yards is an awful average. And Malik had the sick touchdown catch after the drop. Not, I don't know how you want it. I've seen other players where they call that a catch. So, But uh, really, I can't blame the wide receivers on this. I'll let you top it, talk to it. Uh, during your uh, coaching spark, but I really thought it was mostly a bad game plan. Um, why they didn't, why they didn't target the more to eight to 12 yard range out, off the play action, which I'm sure you might get to those numbers later. Um, Tyler, like I don't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I thought they played to where they really could. I don't, I don't, I can't think of any obvious drops. I can think of several missed throws and you can say the window's a factor, but um, yeah. So overall they played okay. Like nothing, Spectacular, nothing terrible. Okay, so my main takeaway for the wide receivers, and Jake and I pulled this play up, is we we missed Christian Watson in this game. Yeah. And yep. Jake and I talked about it, this play specifically. This is the, the one to Samari Toure in the end zone, and it gets knocked away. And you can make, you know, a claim, you know, if, if the ball is thrown just a little bit sooner than a, or a little bit deeper, sure. But the thing with this is, if this is Christian Watson, he he plays this ball differently. Christian Watson is going to jump for this ball instead of taking an extra step. Because you're going to watch here, you're going to see Samari Toure kind of change his steps a little bit, and he's going to take like two more steps. If this is Christian Watson, once his foot hits the goal line, He's jumping, and I think making this catch. Yeah, I think we're, that's a good thing Christian Watson's learned from, and I think you're right. Like earlier in the year, we've seen him do something similar to what Toure does here, but then the more recent games, you see him jump and take the ball. You know what I mean? It's like it's like right here. He like kind of like grapevines a little bit, 
Whereas if he jumps for this ball, he's going to be the one to high point it. Or a P.I. Exactly. That's or or said, that. That's what I said, Brian. Exactly. So, and that's that. That's the thing you teach wide receivers is to high point the ball. Instead of, it seems like to me in this situation that Samari Toure is trying to more run into the path of the ball instead of going up to get the ball. Yeah. I'm so okay. I think we I think we missed Christian Watson and we missed some other guys that we'll talk about at other points. But um, when it comes down to the wide receivers, the tight ends, the tight ends, Tucker Craft could have easily been an underrated performer of this game. That's who I thought you were going to take. Otherwise, I was going to take him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, he had four <laughs> catches for 64 yards. He had the one really big play. Uh, actually, I think it was the biggest play of the game by either team. Um, but he's becoming very reliable safety valve for Jordan Love. And, you know, whether whether or not this team makes the playoffs, which they're currently still in the seventh seed, so I don't know why people are freaking the fuck out. Like, oh, my God, we're going to miss the playoffs now. And it's like they're still technically the seventh seed because they hold yep. the tiebreakers over people who hold other tiebreakers. Yep. If but, we finish 3-1, and one, as long as the loss isn't to the Vikings, I think we have a very good chance of making it. Even if it is, yeah. as long as the Rams, Seahawks, and and Falcons and Saints also go yeah. three and one, we need to beat the Bucks though, so that the Falcons jump them. That's a big one for us because you have right. the Saints, Bucks, and Atlanta right there. Right. And thank you. We're going to go a long way. Um. Okay. So my thing is whether or not the Packers make the playoffs. And I'm not saying, I'm not at all saying that Luke Musgrave being hurt is a good thing, but it is beneficial for Tucker Craft because he is being force fed into way more snaps. You guys want to take a stab with the rehab group yesterday? Did you see that? that? Did you see Musgrave was with the rehab group yesterday working? I did not. Yep. Also, take a a stab. How many many percent uh, of snaps do you think Tucker Craft played? 98. I think it's got to be 80s in the 90, maybe. 98. 100%? 100? He played 100% of snaps yeah. this week. Oh, damn. I kind of scoffed at you, Jake, when you said, and I still think it's a long shot for because Gronkowski is arguably the best tight end, but that duo is going to be. Bro. It's I'm gonna trying be, to tell you, bro. I see it. I dude, see it, bro. I'm dude, telling you, they're going to be filthy. Dude, we get Saquon Barkley or something in uh, green and gold next year with those two tight ends or something. Bro, hey, they, Troy it. Aikman said it too. I, dude, I told Tyler, Tyler, you can say this is true. I was like, dude, I feel sick to my stomach. I'm agreeing with Troy Aikman. Yeah, oh, yeah I've I seen them. I heard that. Well, I tweeted that out. <laughs> dude, he freaking – he was talking like in this offense in a few years, and I'm like, bro, he sounded like me, bro. Yeah. They, they, these two tight ends, they're going to be monsters together when they're bo- – He bro, brought up that already. He said Gronk and Hernandez. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I'm telling you, I see that shit. Yeah. One is super fast, like just receiving threat. Kraft is the guy that just likes to mix it up. He doesn't care if he has to run you over, jump over you, catch over you. He doesn't care. He's a, he's a dirty work guy. I'm telling you. Do you have you, that man. quote of what he said that about blocking? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We brought that up last oh. week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Likes violence at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know what he it. said this week? I think he said something this week too. He did. Oh, I can't I remember what it was. I, I didn't have it I'll, saved. I'll find it. I'll find it. Keep going. Okay. So I'm going to jump into the passing game distribution right away. Uh, eight different players targeted. All eight players had receptions. Um, Jordan or Jaden, Jaden Reed, not Jordan Reed. He used to play for the Commanders. Jaden Reed had eight catches on ten targets. Romeo Dobbs had four catches on seven. Tucker Craft had four on four. Patrick Taylor, two for two. A.J. Dillon, two catches on three targets. Malik Heath, one for two. And the Malik Heath 
touchdown, no touchdown thing. I think whatever what is called on the field would have stood. So because it was called incomplete on the field, it stood. If it had been called a touchdown on the field, I think it would have stood. Either way. Uh, and then Mari Toure, two for four. And Dontavian, Dontavian Wicks, two for six. So still haven't had a game this season with less than seven players targeted. Man, you did that like in the, fir- in the first half already where you targeted seven players. Yeah, it was like I think he had like six on the first two drives alone. Yeah, he was he was going nuts. That catch by um, Malik was sick, dude. Dude, to catch it and like contort so the ball crossed the plane, that's that was wild. <laughs> the bad part is they had Jaden Reed like screaming wide open. So good thing it was a catch, but so we want to do this now. We we can do it now. no, let's save it for Jordan Love. Let's save it for the Jordan Love part. I, I have that Tucker Craft quote if you guys want it. Yeah. yeah. It was a tweet. So he tweeted it out. He said there's no limit on the savagery you'll encounter when you back a hungry, hungry predator into a corner. I bled for this. Believe it. See you cheeseheads in a few days. Like, bro, I can't love you anymore already, dude. <laughs> like Kraftstradamus over here. I'm ready to go to war for this guy, dude. <laughs> yeah, Tucker Craft. Absolutely love it. He's um, Brian, do you have anything to say about the running game? I don't know if you want to mix anything in with the old line. Simon uh, Simon said he was going to give us some notes, but he didn't, so he's fired. But uh, I'll look up so, and see. Yeah, I think Jaden Reed just ran another reverse, actually. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Honestly, when it comes to the reverses, I only had one problem with it. So, but let me finish, and we'll, we can jump right. into that. But uh, Dylan was just okay. The most explosive running back on the field was Patrick Taylor. Mm-hmm. So naturally, Matt LaFleur only gives him the ball four times. Like me and me and Jake, I think when you dropped off, me and Jake were talking about this. I feel like they stick to their depth chart too much. It's like, no, Dylan's the next guy up, so he's got to get the 15 carries, even though Patrick's averaging seven yards carry. Um, I just wish he would have gone to him more. Um, and for the offensive line, they played okay. They, they missed some key blocks, including one on the two-point conversion. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why Runyon is out there anymore. I've seen him get flat ran over like twice, just completely pancaked. Um, I, I guess I didn't go back and watch the game and see if Sean Ryan played that much better when he was in there. But at this point, it's just like, what are we doing? And so, then, um, but I, I don't know the numbers actually, but I, I will say this, the loss is not the old line played good enough to win this game. There was, they were fine. There was two sacks. One was kind of where Jordan Love stepped up and Thibodeau kind of rolled off um, Tom or whatever, or whoever or the tight end or whoever yeah. it was at the time, but they played, they played well enough for us to win this game. I would agree with that. So they had two sacks. One was uh, tagged on Myers. One was tagged on Walker. Um, so maybe it was a oh, thing man. where like Lucas Van X could have had a sack, but like DeVito rolled across his body for like a one yard gain. So it didn't count as a stack, but on pressures Myers, they, okay. So they allowed 16 pressures total. Meyer allowed Myers allowed five Jenkins allowed five Walker and Tom two each, uh, Nyman and Runyon one each. And then Sean Ryan zero on 12 snaps. He played 12 snaps. I think he's oh. got to play more 12 snaps. Yeah. Runyon was actually graded well as a pass blocker. As well as Ryan, and they were both like in the orange on PFF's grades for run blocking. Hmm. I just remember there was one play where I watched Runyon absolutely get run over. Yeah, by ninety-one, I remember. Yeah, that too. yeah. As far as the uh, the grades, and again, I don't put a ton of stock into this. I'm just trying to use it for some context. Uh, Josh Myers was actually the worst graded offensive lineman, followed by Yash Diamond. He was and, going uh, against a pretty good D lineman, though. Dexter Lawrence. Right, right. Of, and then that's... Scrub. 
that's the other side of the coin is that they have good players. And I said that last week, their pass rush numbers did not reflect the talent that they have. I agree with that. Okay. Um, Brian, is there anything else you wanted to say on the running game then? or No, I, yeah, I already okay. said it. I just wish that okay. Patrick Taylor would have got the ball more really. Sure. But the running game really also, I think Dylan played okay, played well enough, especially in the first like part of the game. And they kind of slowed down. And maybe the injury happened at that point. I don't know. When, no, what happened. It happened in the last drive. So, well, I just thought we should have got Patrick Taylor in there more. Um, you know, um, Jaden Reed had, I think one of your bold predictions was that he was going to lead in rushing, and I think he did. Or no, Dylan might have got him. Is what I said. But, yeah, it was close. It was close, but, um, like, they were fine, but I, I don't – it wasn't as effective as it needs to be, and I thought it could have been more effective if we used Patrick Taylor. Yeah, and I think – I don't remember if I said this during the show or before it, that if he's playing well, give him more carries. I think I said it during the show. That was during my underrated performer part. But, yeah. Um, Jake, how did the red zone offense do? Uh, it was almost like they were missing a 6-5 guy who could, like, win one-on-ones, right? Yeah. Like, that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, first, I just write down every play. Um. First one was a first and 10 at 17. Dylan ran for one yard. Uh, then we have second and nine from the 16, and that's the read end around where he started high-stepping at, like, the 12-yard line on a 16-yard <laughs> run and scored a touchdown. That was fun. Now we're going to go to not fun. Um, third and four, uh, love threw an incomplete pass. Fourth and four, we got a 36-yard field goal. Okay, good. And I'm going to have something to say about Anders Carlson, by the way, uh, for all you – smart people out there that I don't actually think are smart, but uh, first and four, first and 10 at the 14, Dylan got a run for five. And then on second and five, love got sacked for minus five. So then we go back to the 14. We're at third and 10 and love tries to force a pass incomplete. So then we had to settle for a 32 yard field goal. So now Carlson is now two for two. So then we have first and 10 at the 16. We run a double reverse to read. And that was the play. I don't remember his name. I apologize. Uh, 51 on the Giants ended up reading that play really, really well and just stopped it for minus one. So we're at second and 11. Love tries to force a pass to Toure incomplete. Then on third and 11, Love gets sacked for minus 10 and we miss a 45 yard field goal. And this is the point where everybody wants to say we lost because of our kicker who made three kicks, by the way. And he made a 48-yarder. And the week before, he was super clutch. So let me just say that. So then we get to the next drive. We're at the 16-yard line, second and four. Love throws incomplete to Dubs. So at this point, he starts 0 for 4 in the red zone. Uh, you get the third and four. Love hits Reed for eight yards. Gets us a first down, right? Get the first and goal. Love runs for two. Second and goal. Love incomplete to Heath. That was the one where, it, you know, Tyler explained if it would have been called touchdown on the field, then it would have stood. And then third and goal, we get a freaking amazing, crazy first career touchdown from Malik Heath. Your first career touchdown comes on a game-winning drive situation, right? And it's literally the most impressive, like, on the goal line catch I think I've ever seen in my life. But the body control for that seriously was insane. For him to catch that, Control it, put two feet down, knock out the ref. <laughs> and then, that was you know, so dramatic, too. And 
I agree with Tyler. I love Tyler's explanation of it. He, he loves the drama of the ref getting up. And Everybody's just hanging it. on it. <laughs> like that was just that made the moment so much better. I agree with yeah. that. The I felt like I knew he up. got got in because I seen the pylon got knocked over. Yep. But yeah. Honestly, I almost to a certain point, I wish I would. Well, wait, that was third down, so we need to get in there. We couldn't have killed it. Or no, it would have been for it was third and four, right? You said, or was it, it third was, and four? It was third. Uh, and four, I think yeah, the first from the six. Okay, so we, we, we had to score there. Yeah, we had we had to score. Um, so Love started zero for four. Uh, he was two for seven overall. So that means that of his last three passes, he completed two of them, and one of them was a close call where it could have been a completed pass, and he okay. threw a touchdown. So. I have some some stuff to say about love later. Tyler knows everything I'm going to say. I already told him sneak peek, but uh, it was it was all right. I mean, we 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 got field goals and not touchdowns, and obviously that could be the margin for you not winning football games, right? I mean, we yeah. talked about the Chiefs last week. Yeah, we saw the Chiefs do that. It happened to us. Yeah. So third down honestly isn't a whole lot different. The mm-hmm. first half, and it, and it's super weird too. The first half they were one for six. Uh, if you, if you include the fourth down conversion, you can call it two for six if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but one for six with a four-yard average on third down. Oh, well. Second half, they had an eight-yard average, and they were four for eight. That makes zero <laughs> sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, I mean, it's – I don't know. You look at on the second half, uh, one of the third downs that they didn't convert – also resulted in a field goal. So still more points. Um, it's, I don't know, it's just a weird situation. And honestly, if you really, if you are Adam Senovich and the offensive coaches, if you just want to take this game and just crumple it up and throw it over your shoulder and look back at the Chiefs, Lions, and Chargers games as your blueprint for the next game on offense, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And, and Matt LaFleur too. Like if you just, just crumple this game up, toss it out, and go back to the previous three. Oh, hello from Chicago. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Hey, Bryant. How did uh, how did uh, special teams uh, do on some? Don't worry. I agree with you, Jake. I agree with you, Jake. No, no, no. Before you start, before you start, I told Tyler, I was like, Bryant is going to have a fucking field day with special teams. I'm here for it, bro. I'm going to settle in. It's yours. Go ahead. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even write all. I just put I put a joke once again. Like, I don't understand. Like, we we promoted this guy to assistant head coach because he was this big guru. Our special teams has not really gotten that much better since he got here. And we brought all these players in for him to, you know, that he handpicked. Um, I put that he needs to be out. Uh, gone after the season, uh, at minimum, it, he needs to no longer be the assistant head coach. He needs to focus only on special teams and figure it out. Um, I love Nixon, but he's he's hurting our team. Everyone's like, oh, look at all his re- return yards. Yeah, well, when you return it from the end zone to the 25-yard line every time instead of taking a kneel, like, you know, 90% of the NFL does, you're going to lead everyone in return. He's if you had, take like, it from, he, you take had, it from like, six yards deep to the 22 yard line, you get 28 yeah. yards of return yardage, but that does not mean you start further down the field. Yeah. So this idea that he's like the best all pro returner, he might get it again because of his yards, but he's, in my opinion, he should not get it. 
Okay. There's been a couple dry. There's been a couple returns. There were like two games in a row. He had some big returns. After that, he's been crap. I don't know what the hell he was thinking on the punt return or why he's back there. Jaden Reed has been better than him on the punt return. And what do we do? Jaden Reed returned the punt before that. We stick Nixon back there and he's, he fumbles the ball and then he acts like an idiot with the ball. Just stay on top of the ball, yeah. bro. Once, once you were going to get up and score from there. Yeah. That, yeah. That was I'm my. So, like, over him returning the ball because he just puts us more times than not this season. He has put us. Don't get me wrong. Last year, I don't know what it was. He was the way he. The returns were a lot better and he was playing a lot better. Now, this year, I don't know if they figured something out, but it's just not been good. Can I throw maybe. something out there? And I know this is only one person. Tyler Davis, maybe. Tyler Davis. But, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So, and then that's that's on top of the penalties. Rich Passaccia can come out and say, "Oh, that one shouldn't have been a block because he was. It shouldn't have been a penalty because he was looking at him." But in the ultimate scheme, grand scheme of things, did he even have to risk it? Did he have to? Because you could have almost. It wouldn't have been a chop block because the other player was engaged. He didn't go low. But like either way, do you really need to hit him there? That like that? Great. I know it's football, but with how soft and shit the refs have been this year, they're probably going to throw that flag. And then Rudy Ford. Yeah, that's a penalty. That one's not really on Like, what is he supposed to do there? You know what yeah. I mean? That sucks. He kinda that's just a rough one for him. But, yeah. I mean, other. But it's still his job to be know where the returner's at. You know what I mean? So, yeah. overall, it's just, a, it's just a joke again. And I don't I don't know what else to think about it. Yeah, it sucks. Carlson's miss looms large. But let's go back and look at a lot of his misses. What what pre, you know, precedes are those misses, right? Penalties and sacks. Yep. Like, putting them further back. Yep. So he was three for four. He's 80% on the year. He's a rookie kicker. You'd like him to be more. We're just not in a position that this team is good enough at this point for him to miss those. And that's unfortunate because it then it makes him look like he's costing us games. And you can say, well, he cost us the game. Well, no, if we run a much better two-point conversion play and uh, get that there, we don't lose that game. At that point, we at least go into overtime. If Carrington Valentine or Joe Barry or whoever is on the same page, you know what I mean? So we can't blame Carlson. He made, he did the majority of his job. Yeah. yeah you want your kicker to be pretty much 100% from, you know, a 45 in, but that's not going to be the case all the time. But right. especially when you're a rookie kicker, still learning stuff. But I just, I I'm so done with special teams. I do think that special teams lost us the game. It was a large portion of why we lost the game, but I don't think it was the Carlson. No, it was I 100% think it was the Nixon play. That gave first of all, people that don't play sports don't understand what momentum does. That made the Giants believe. That made the Giants fans believe. So that drive, they didn't even have a freaking second down on that fucking drive, I don't think. I think they had oh maybe one second down. They had like three first downs and a second down. They ran like four plays. They got the ball at the thirty one yard line, touchdown right away. That was right after we stopped them. Yep. Three nothing like after halftime. Yep. And then they had to go and score again. And then all of a sudden, Nixon, he handed them all the momentum, and it was an uphill battle from there. We had a, an offense that was struggling to, to get its footing. Uh, we had players missing, and it was just like – I feel like special teams lost us the game, but it wasn't Carlson. I we feel stopped like them great. on a third and one. We, we forced them a, a yard back on a third and one. That's what led to them punting. Yep. And then, yeah, it was more DeVito scrambles and Barkley's second touchdown. Packers were up ten to seven at that point of that fumble. Yikes! And then Seattle scored. I don't but... know why they're. Sa- He's never looked comfortable returning punts. How many times was he catching them over his head last year? Yeah, we're going like this. Like, come on, guy. I mean, okay. And I'm sure that's. I'm sure he's not at all thinking about this. 
But if you're a punt returner in Green Bay and you saw what happened for the first half of last season and then what happened to the player who dealt with those struggles, how, how do you stand up with that football after you fall on it? Just so dumb. That's Just a bonehead play for stupid. sure. I mean, we got the one, good job on special teams for recovering the one fumble, but they still caught – like Nixon cost us that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that, I also that thought was... he could have got a much bigger chunk on his first return of the game when the first kickoff of the game. He like came on slow, and there's a lot of room to the left. Yep. <clears throat> oh, granted, we can't see it from his view, but either way, he just he has not been good this this year, really. Yeah, but he's an yeah. all pro, right? So he should be able to see that. He should he's not good. be an all pro. He was good last year. He was good last year. He should not be an all pro this year. All right, I'll, I'm. I don't want to be this guy, but I am going to be a li- this guy a little bit. Did and this is more kickoffs than punts, but I said it, like a probably week four or five. If the ball is deeper than five or six yards, don't don't take it out. I agree. He does that. more times than not, and that's that's tough, and that's and just we, it has down to the decision us. making, really. Yeah. So. Switching over to the defense, looking at the secondary, I think Bryant's already said it. Uh, Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito, whose uh, agent could not look more like a stereotypical Italian mobster, uh, only had four incompletions. Uh, On the secondary, only one penalty, I'll take that, but nobody was good in coverage because there were almost no incompletions. That said, Carrington Valentine gave up four catches, only 29 yards. Jonathan Owens gave up two catches for 12 yards, so nothing big there. Uh, Savage gave up three catches for 15 yards. Valentine gave up two catches for 17 yards. And then Keyshawn Nixon gave up four catches for 60 yards, including the 32-yard play on the last drive of the game. Do we need Stokes and and Jair back in? Bad, yes. That's what Jake said earlier if we had Jair in this game. That play doesn't happen, and I agree with him. I think as soon as Wandale Robinson is getting momentum, you put Jair on him, and you shut that shit down. Yeah. Bye-bye, Wandale Robinson. <laughs> yeah. So, Jake, talk about the rushing defense. Uh, all right. Let's get into it. I have some good context, I believe. So, Barkley, uh, 20 carries, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. Obviously, the short yardage, he was he's tough to stop, man. He's a big, strong guy. Uh, that's a 4.3 yard average. Did have the huge fumble that allowed the Packers to take the lead, uh, which was an amazing play. And I was dumbfounded. Still to this moment, I think I'm dumbfounded by that. I couldn't believe that that was that's wild. Wow. Uh, Devito had 10 carries for 71 yards. Robinson two for 36, and Brita had two for 16. Uh, that's 34 carries. That one too. What's that? The wildcat play that they got 30 yards out of. He almost fumbled yeah. that too. Yeah, that sucked. But, uh, yeah, so that's 34 carries for 209 yards. That's the fourth 200-yard game of the year. That hurts to say, but it's I true. I bet we lost every single one of those two, right? What's that? I bet we lost all four of those games. Uh, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Giants, and who was the other one? Oh. Falcons? Falcons, yeah. Falcons. We did lose all those games. <laughs> yep. uh, that sucks. Um, so I wanted to add a little, a little context here because everybody thinks when you hear 200 yards, that means that nobody's making plays, uh, in the run game. And that's just absolutely not true. But 
I did do both sides of the coin. So 10-plus runs, we gave up four of them. Four 10-plus runs. 10-plus yard runs, I should say. Two of those were from the quarterback. We gave up two 20-yard runs. One of them is from the quarterback. I'm just going to say it because I 100% agree with it. Tyler said it. If Quay Walker's in this game, I don't think those runs are going with the quarterback like that. Now, that is I also I also want to say something about Rashawn Gary. I know that we love we love Rashawn Gary. Everybody was complaining about the big giant holes in, in the line where the quarterback was just able to step through. A lot of that was on Gary. Uh, Gary was just rushing way too far up the field, had no gap responsibility. He saw red and he was going to go for it. He thought he was about to have his moment. He was about to go in there get get three sacks, like we all did, right? And that's that's we we should have expected that. But you know, for him to not adjust as well, not just Barry, the players have to make plays. For Gary to not realize, maybe I'm going too far up the field. Maybe I should try to, you know, not hit him with the, the speed and come back inside. You know, <clears throat> there's th- there, you can make adjustments as a player too. But in the run game, we actually had si- they had six negative or no gain runs. So we were still making plays. One of them was a fourth down stop, by the way. Um, just wanted to point that out. But it, the run the run defense is a problem, but they're making plays as well. It's just the quarterback having 70 yards, that's a problem. Yeah. That that's what makes it go over two hundred, obviously. So right. uh running quarterbacks, man, they they've been our, our Achilles heel for a long, long time. And that does not matter of the DC. It's been a problem for a long, long time. It doesn't matter of anything. Like you can go back mid two thousands. Yeah. Damn near twenty years ago, that was a problem, and it's still yeah. we the Packers just for some reason just don't defend running quarterbacks well. Um, looking at tackling, the numbers weren't terrible when you look at the tackling. They had eight missed tackles, which I would take. But the thing that it comes down to then is what you're allowing after contact. That's yeah. the big thing. So, oh, God, this is again, and I brought this up with the other 200-yard games they've given up. Of the 209 yards that they allowed, 129 yards after contact. Damn. They, oh, my fucking God. The Giants averaged 4.61 yards after contact. After contact, they averaged almost five yards a carry. That's not great. That, that cannot happen. Yeah. The the Packers defense that it, it they need to be the aggressors. And this shoulder tackle bullshit that Keyjohn Nixon and Ballantyne and Savage are trying, knock it off. Wrap up. Yeah. And again, this is something where it's like people are like, oh, the coaching should teach them how to do that. They are professional fucking football players. If you don't know that you're supposed to wrap up on your tackle as a professional football player, that's bullshit. You're just looking for a reason to blame Barry. I agree that Bryant has some valid points on why they should move on from Barry at the end of the season. They're not doing it now. They're not doing it in week 15, going into week 15. So just trying to be like, oh, well, the, the coach should teach the players how to do every single thing. Like they, they've been playing football for 15 years, some right. of them longer. They should know how to do these things before they get here. 
they know what they are doing to get to where they are. So I don't want to hear that excuse. It's an excuse to to try to fit your narrative. Bro, I just coached 10-year-olds, and you know the first thing we did? Taught them how to tackle. My thing is, at some point, the responsibility has to be shared. And the thing with it is, is the responsibility needs to be shared in the good times and in the bad times. Because Simon and I actually talked about this last week is that it's bullshit for people to be like, oh, Barry sucks, Barry sucks when the defense plays bad, and then be like, oh, all the players are so good, they're playing well in spite of Barry when they're playing well. Yeah, it, it needs to be shared in all points of it. So, Jake, how do you feel about the defensive line and the pass rush? <sighs> Again, I don't want to make excuses. Tyler, do you have that play where he gets held? Or why it gets held. Uh, I don't think I have the holds, no. Damn. Well, we'll have to we'll have to put something together, but he definitely got held a few times, so the Packers should have had a few sacks. But the case in point is we had zero sacks. And that sucks. That's hurtful to say. I won't lie. Um, especially, you know, having guys like Smith and, and Gary and Clark and guys that we know that can absolutely wreck a game, right? Uh, we had two quarterback hits, both from Gary, and we had 15 hurries. Uh, five of them came from Wyatt. Huh? Yeah. Um, five came from Wyatt, three from Anagbare, two from Clark, one from Van Ness, McDuffie, Slayton, Gary, and Smith. So, I mean, we were getting there. We weren't finishing is how I'm going to word it. Um, the D-line, uh, straight up. Slayton, I feel like played all right. Um, I feel like he gets – I don't – it's the one thing that I got about Barry is I don't like the alignment and the run game of the of the linemen. And I know that um, – I know that Campbell was kind of moving him around a little bit too, but Slayton needs to eat up blocks. That's his job. You were 330, 40, whatever pounds. You need to take on two blockers. Like – Everybody loves the Gravedigger for one reason, one reason only. He was 400 pounds. He would stand up, and you were not moving him. Plain and simple. He was going to stand there. It was going to take two human beings to stop him. The linebackers were going to run, and they were going to make a tackle. Now, to the point of that, there is a play on the goal line, one of the rushing touchdowns that we gave up, where Campbell completely – completely wanted no business of Saquon Barkley. He didn't want to He looked like a toddler asking for his bottle. That's what I'm going to say about that. It was, it was bad. They Brian, opened, we, they opened a hole. It was bad. And Campbell, Campbell's just standing in the hole that Saquon's supposed to run through. Like, and you know those highlight videos right of Ray Lewis where he just runs through a hole and just clocks somebody, man? That's what should have happened. Campbell but that is that absolutely yep. not what happened. Oh, now, I have a. I can show you. I have the screenshot of it. Okay, <laughs> so so bring that up. But I do think that Slayton could do a little bit better job. Clark, yeah, didn't make as much of an impact. He kind of went back it's, to to when we were kind of giving him some some shit. But Clark needs a needs to be the man as well. So what I put here is that this is where Campbell. And Saquon Barkley are. Yeah. Saquon Barkley scores a touchdown on this play. Uh, wh- how? 
They're at the three. They're meeting at the three yard line. And by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, none of Campbell's body touches him. Only his hands touch him. <laughs> he wants no business with Saquon in that situation. Saquon was the aggressor right there. Yeah, that was tough. that. That's the that's the shit where people get on Barry about the run defense and the third down defense and all this shit, right? And the pass rush. And then we got shit like that happening that people don't want to bring up. And that's the shit that really annoys me. Reggie said not to brag, but when I go to the game, we're undefeated, and he'll be there again. Reggie, that's good. Secondly, Reggie, send to the show page a message. We want to talk to you. You're going to like this, Reggie. You're going to, you're <laughs> going to like this. All right. Um, Bryant, how about the red zone defense? So if you looked at the basic numbers, we allowed them to score three three out of four times. Not great. Yeah. But when you figure the one red zone drive started at R5. Yep. Because it was a wrong, long, the, one of the long runs. And then uh, the second red zone drive started at R1 after another long drive. So those are two touchdowns. The one that really hurts is this one, again, started at R11. So they never really had to score all the way from the 20th because they took big chunk plays into the red zone. That one hurts a little bit because it was third and seven. They gave up touchdown throw on third and seven yep. in the back of the red zone. Or end zone, excuse me. Um, that was a good throw but, and catch. Like, yeah. honestly, not mad at it. So, but when you, you know, when they get, you know, enter the red zone, they're already at our five. They enter the red zone, they're already at our one. And then we do give one good throw and catch up you know, catch, um, you know, it sucks. We couldn't get the pressure there on third and seven and get home. Um, but you know, so it, the numbers look bad. Um, they are bad. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't good. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, we, it wasn't good in the red zone either. Uh, Jake, what about third down? So talking about third downs, um, they were, we held them to three for 10, which is oh. nominal at, at face value. Right. Yeah. Um, third and three, they went one of three. They picked up the first one. The next two, third and three are shorter. They did not pick up. Uh, that includes a couple big third and one stops. Uh, third and four through six, the third and mediums, they were 0 for two. You get to the third and seven or longer, they were two for five. One of them being the third and seven, the touchdown. That same drive that they scored that touchdown, they picked up a third and nine. And they threw for nine yards on third and nine, dude. And that's the play where there was no one even within the tennis yep. or the tight end. Yep. Yeah. And it was like, uh, but you know that that's why I said at the face, it looks like it looks amazing. Three for ten, you're like, man, the Packers are playing good on defense. But one drive where they pick up two long third downs can just absolutely break you. And that's why they say that you know, first of all, football's the ultimate team sport and it's a game of inches man every you could say that about every game right that it's a game of inches right but you know it truly is because getting nine yards when you needed exactly nine yards is fucking heartbreaking when you know how it ended right but it is what it is you just go out there and you try to hold them the three for ten again and hopefully it's good enough right yeah and that might be the story right here really like we're talking about these close losses i would love i will say this and i know we're going off a little track i'm going off a little track here but I would love for us to make the playoffs. I don't think we're winning Super Bowl by any stretch of imagination. I don't think we'll win. I don't 
certainly we'd want a playoff game. We'd have to see our matchup is. But just to get that experience and get in there, I think is huge yep. for this team right now. So they should fight like hell to get it. Yep. You can turn around and be like, well, look at uh, Tennessee beat Miami on that same same night. Guess what? This game meant a lot more to us than that Tennessee game meant to Miami um, in, the law, in the grand scheme of things. It sucks for Miami because that was their first seed, you know what I mean? And, they, and they've shown they can't really go and – you know, we're not against a good team on the road, but um, but for us, that game was super important. So it's just a small little mistakes where we lose. I, I, but I do want this team. I really want – I don't get me wrong. I'm still going to be upset. I'm still going to be angry. I want us to – well, you never know. Magic, right, can hit when you hit the playoffs. Uh-huh. If I'm being 100% honest, I know it's probably one and done. But I hope if it's one and done, we go compete like hell against that team and we get that we get that that feeling in, that, in, in these young players' hearts that, like, Okay, I'm ready to go. Let's. Uh, is it next year yet? Because I want them kind of like I've said many a times. The 2009. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Nine season with Aaron Rodgers. We lost the first game to Arizona, but guess what? We went and fought like hell. And then we turned around. They got that experience, and we we know what happened the next year, right? So um, hopefully we can make it there, and hopefully, you know, this, this stings a little bit, and hopefully they're taking their heart on themselves this week, and they're ready to roll. Because look, they have they have two two home games, a game against the worst team in the NFL, and then a you know two of them are division rivals. So hopefully they're ready to roll. But I really want them to get there. I will say that. But yeah, I'm not gonna add a lot. I just want to add one thing. That game still meant a lot to Miami because watch out, Buffalo's coming, and Buffalo yeah. and Miami still play another game this year. So yeah. it's gonna say Miami well, could go from potentially first seed to. The fifth seed going on the yeah. road in the playoffs. It means a lot. I meant I was more so. I, I agree with you. I know. I'm. I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. I'm just. Um. But for playoffs, like actually making the playoffs wise. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. If we win that game against the Giants, I think we're up at like eighty percent. Yeah. We're, we're after everything that happened with all the losses. We're pretty much almost. Almost like 50-50 Almost isn't yeah. it? We're at yeah. like forty-seven. Is what the last number I seen right. Now. Yeah. If we win this game, if we win this game and everything somehow goes right for us, that I I've seen a number we would go from that to like seventy nine percent. But there was a couple that aren't going to go our way. You know what I mean? Like the Commanders aren't beating the Rams. I would be really surprised. And then the the Carolina Panthers are not beating Atlanta. So, but we can you know we we can help ourselves a lot by beating Tampa Bay and knocking them down because then Atlanta's probably going to jump up into that spot again, and we don't mm-hmm. have to worry about. A weird scenario where we don't own the tiebreaker against Atlanta. The good thing we have going right now is two of those teams below us, we own the tiebreaker against. I was just gonna say the other thing we can do is cheer for New Orleans. Yeah. Because yeah. New Orleans beat the Falcons. So we got that going for us. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So all right, let's talk about coaching. Now, honestly, when it comes to Matt LaFleur and the reverses was a hot topic of conversation. 
The only reverse that I have a problem with was the two-point conversion. That's the only one that I had a problem with. And Jake talked about it, about Jordan Love leading them down the field on that drive. And then my thing is, is don't take the ball out of your best player's hands. That's... You know what my problem with it was? What's that? I feel like it was almost identical to the play that we stopped against the Chiefs. Yep. Okay. I agree we stopped that. that play a week ago, and we decided to run it a similar play in the red zone, if I'm not mistaken. The, the Titans-Dolphins score on the top here is wild, by the way. There's <laughs> four and a half minutes left in that game, and they're down by 14. Okay, but this is the thing. This is why Jake and I rewatch all the games, is we see all these things that you don't see the first time. If they fake this, Jordan Love's walking in the end zone. He's getting a one-on-one with a corner right here, dude. That's it. Yeah, he'd have to be 22, but, but who's flat-footed right there? And staring at the football. Who's yeah. 63? That's Jenkins, right? 63? Uh, 63 no. is Walker. 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 I think he's the one that misses his – or one of the guards can't pull all the way around here. So, someone misses a block right here. I will say that Reed should have went to the outside. Yep. Now he we're should not have went to Jordan Love. But, yeah, Jenkins did miss. Yeah, he's outside outside Walker dude. there. He's just got to run to the pylon. You're getting Dang. a le- you're getting a, a line. He pancakes that guy. I didn't even see that the first time. It was a corner. That's why <laughs> Rashid Walker versus a corner. But it's someone misses one. Someone pulling here missed the, the block for sure. Patrick Taylor probably could have hit number thirty there, but he, he did. did. Or no? Who? Oh, then it is Jenkins. Or yeah. He's no, Dobbs. that's Romeo Dobbs right here. Oh, yeah. yeah. In front of Andy that's Romeo Dobbs missing a linebacker. Why did he not go outside? I still don't understand that. I was going to say, Rashid Walker is about to get his prime. Probably because it would have been on. really tight to, like, cut around, but. Dude, we've seen him make, make that corner. You get yeah. one step around that corner, you're we've diving that line. Make that corner, Jaden Reed should be able to. Yeah. Either way, I feel like we should throw the ball there 100% of the time. I, I don't agree. With, I don't disagree with you. But And that's that was what I said to Jake. I'm like, if you want the ball to go to Jaden Reed in that situation, have Jordan Love throw it to him. Yeah. Where there's not five linebackers. He's shifty enough to where if you throw it to him on a bubble screen, he can make someone miss. And yeah. well, I talked about it when we drafted him. He's a good contested catch player. We he's saw it in Maverick hands while he was in Michigan State. Yeah. We saw him make contested catches that won Michigan State a game against the Badgers last year. Stop bringing that up, you son of a bitch, because that sucks. Well, he plays for us now, so I now know, I want to see but... it happen while he's still wearing green. That's that's fair. So that was my big thing on, on Matt LaFleur, was don't take the ball out of Love's hands in, like, crucial clutch moments. And he said that he should stop doing that in a previous yeah. game, too. It's just... Keep the ball in Jordan Love's hands. He's our best player on offense. Rich Passaccia. The only thing that I wrote down is guys need to get it the fuck together. Moving on. Joe Barry. So I said this to Jake as soon as this play happened. If you bitch and complain that Joe Barry always plays 10 yards off, always plays this soft coverage, I hope you're happy. Because Joe Barry went into a press coverage on second one and Keyshawn Nixon got absolutely cooked at the worst possible time. And Brian, you brought up, they went 20 yards on the, on the four plays before that. Fine. 
They went 20 yards in 40 seconds. And then they went 32 yards in 7 seconds. That cannot happen. I don't care if you're giving up the dinks and dunks and dinks and dunks. Because it chewed up a bunch of time. But they got one big chunk. And they were instantly in field goal range. And all they had to do was bleed the clock and kick the field goal. And I, I get what you're saying there. I just I don't want them to like dink and duck to where they only need one big play and then they're in the field goal range. Like I just something's got to right. So they, it's like they can't find a good spot. They're either right up in their face where they're getting cooked, or they're ten yards off. Why can't we play right. like four yards off? Give them a small cushion, but and to where they're like, okay, if you want to catch it in front of us, I'm gonna let you do that, but you're gonna get mm-hmm. hit. Like right. it's, they're in a happy medium. That's what I want them to find, yeah. and they can't seem to find it. And it's and they do sometimes, but it's not it's not consistent enough. Yeah, because it happened even on this drive, they gave up like four yards, like five yards, and then they gave up like seven and nine, and then 32. Like when you're giving up four or five yards and it's taking them like 12, 15 seconds to get reset, like, yes, it's like what it's almost exactly what they did against the Chiefs. Why I don't understand why they didn't do that on that last drive. I feel like, or maybe they did and they, they just got beat on the one, but like. I feel like fine. Play five yards off. Give them that small cushion, but tell your yep. guys you're not playing ten yards back. Yep. Play and five then, yards back. Give yourself a cushion. Yep. Don't let them get behind you. Let them catch it in front of you if they want to. Yep. And then tackle them in bounds. I'm going to tell you the the problem with Keyshawn Nixon on that last play, Bryant. You brought it up on the play where we were just talking about the two point conversion. That guy was flat footed, right? Keyshawn Nixon took one step backwards. Was not in an athletic position. I know you know what that means. Yeah. And the guy made one little false move to the left, to the inside, to his left, and then boom, because Keyshawn Nixon was flat footed, he stood no chance. Wandell Robinson. Wandell Robinson was gone. Absolutely destroyed. Now, is the reason we lost this game. I don't care what anybody says. And again, if if you want to be all go back to all the fire, Joe Barry, you look at the defense over the final 16 minutes and 28 seconds, the defense gave up three points, which came on the last play. Yep. It's just that's why my thing was it just seems like they can't step up in the big moment. They're having trouble with that right now. And I don't know what it is. Maybe we need we that's where we need our, our star pass rusher to make a play, our Kenny Clark to make a play, or Rashawn Gary to make a play. Like it's that's weird what we're paying you for. in certain situations. Yeah, because like they've had times where like after turnovers they've made huge stands. Yeah, but it's just when they're when it's they like need when we to scored, get a stop, they, they take a sigh of relief, and then they stop playing. Like I, I don't know I what don't it know is. What, I don't know what it is either, man. But that's the consistency, I guess, of what's what it comes down to. Yeah, and we can't blame it on. I mean, yeah, we're young because our secondary is hurt, but are, we have some veterans on that defense. That's what I'm saying. Okay. About Speaking of, they should have put freaking um, Preston Smith. Better. In the slot, we win that game. <laughs> Maybe shit. <laughs> Just tackle his ass. Take five yard penalties down the field. <laughs> One fucking on better thirty-two on the defense. This needs to be brought up. Carrington Valentine makes a great tackle. Yeah. Jonathan Owens is a smart dude for this. Yeah. Yeah. Because Carrington Valentine, and this is so was he flexing at him? Oh, he was definitely flexing at him. Yeah. It looks like our coach is yelling at him right away, too. And he keeps doing it. And then Jonathan Owens oh, grabs him. Yeah, our coach is pumping him That's yeah. some good veteran leadership by Jonathan Owens there. He deserves credit for that. Okay. Let's talk about Jordan Love. Bryant, 
What are your thoughts? Uh, I would say it was probably his worst game on the year. Um, but mm. I'm, I saw still growth. I still saw growth in this game because what did he do? When the game was on the line, he did what he needed to do. We scored a touchdown. He had the ball taken out of his hands on the two-point conversion. I don't know that he has the freedom yet to, to uh, audible in or out of that. Who knows? Maybe audible into that. I doubt it. That doesn't seem like something Jordan would do. But really, I don't think the game plan was that great. Um, the one interception, whether you want to say it was a win or not, that was an awful decision, an awful throw. Yeah. Um, um, there, there should have been another interception. If that ball doesn't get knocked down the line, I don't know if you guys seen that play. It was going right to the linebacker. Okay. In the red Let's yeah. talk about it because I do have that play. Yeah. yeah so again, this right is another it. thing where it's like rewatching it. We noticed something else with it too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure where he's throwing that. I think there was a slant in between those, but this linebacker is picking that off. Yeah, he is. That's um, throwing 100%. Right and maybe a pick six, to be honest, unless the Tucker Craft catches him. But, um, like not not a great throw there, and then the fumble was unfortunate. Uh, we have that one too, so let's let's talk about this one first, then we'll come back to the fumble play. Yeah, so this so, just wasn't a good yeah. good uh, decision on his end. It, it turned out to be to be good, but I don't know where he's. See, I feel like he was just trying to play in rhythm there. That the, uh -huh. the I don't think the player was ever going to be open. He just lost sight of the linebacker. Or no, oh, they dropped back into coverage, didn't he? From the line, he didn't pick up the. I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but. Yep, he's right there, right in the middle of the field, right yeah, there. It was never going to be open. My thing is, as soon as I saw this play, is it looks like Jaden Reed's going to be open. Yeah. Right here. There, yep. It's third and four, like just right to Jaden Reed. Yeah, and I know now, where he wants to go because he's hit, I think that's Dontavian Wicks, and he's hit Wicks on that same play, yep. or a very similar play for first down several times, especially in the red zone. We've seen it yep. against the Chiefs, and Last then we've week, seen yep. – the same play that Wicks dropped that ball in a different game is almost the exact similar route, at least. So I think he's just fallen in love with that. Should have been interception. You're right. Like, look at Jaden Reed. If he hits Jaden Reed right here, wait. that might be a touchdown. It yeah, is a just touchdown. Wait, dude. Because if he hits Jaden Reed right here between the two linebackers, Jaden Reed's got his arm up. Romeo Dobbs makes that block. He waltzes into the end zone. Yeah. yeah. So he might be able to make one. a miss by himself. And I'm sure Jordan watched this this exact play on film 50 times. This, this, <laughs> Jake, the, didn't we say that to each other? So like, <laughs> so that's yeah. all. So I'm looking for growth. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I'm not forgiving or you know, not forget that forgiving isn't the right word. But I'm not like you know, giving giving him a pass on any blame. He didn't play well. But the right. fact of the matter is, when it really really mattered, he did play well enough to put us in a position to win that game with a minute left. So the way that I looked at it, and I said this to Jake yesterday, and with when it comes to this play specifically, I said to Jake, I'm like, if, if we notice this, they're noticing it. Yep. Yeah. Now – I mean, he's missing – yeah. Like you said, he's missing Christian Watson on offense. He's missing Aaron Jones on offense. Jaden Reed has turned into a really great playmaker. Dontavian Wicks, I think, is having one of the better seasons we've seen from a fifth-round wide receiver in a long time. I would have to look up the numbers. I, I could maybe do an analysis like I did on the um, Amari Rogers ones a couple of years ago on why he probably isn't going to succeed versus why he probably will when you see people put up these type of numbers in their rookie year. And maybe that's something I'll do this offseason. But if he's, if he's uh, over 400 yards, he's already in the top 20 of fifth round picks ever. Ever. Yeah. And, and he's, he's not going to be talked about because Puka Nakua was a fifth round pick this year. Yeah. So, oh, damn. He's so, still a top 20 fifth round pick of all time. Yeah. I thought, so, he, I thought Puka was a fourth rounder. 
so so yeah, but so we're missing what two three of two out of the three of our best playmakers for sure. Um, and I would still say that Aaron Jones and Christian Watson is a little bit above uh, Jaden Reed at this point. So yeah, like especially the way that they. Well, Aaron Jones, yes, and then Christian Watson, the way he played the last two yeah. weeks. Absolutely. And Jordan's been doing this without a running game a lot. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't play great. He could have easily had two picks. Um, but, you know, there was plays out there. He unfortunately just didn't read it properly. Um, it's I will say the one thing with him, it seems like if he doesn't get started fast, it really takes a lot yeah, for yeah. him to get going. So, and I, you know, I, that's unfortunate. Hopefully he snaps out of that. And I will say – for as far as we kind of talk about coaching, I really still feel like Jordan loves like sweet spot is from that eight to 12 yards off of play action. Really Mm -hmm. Uh, that they need to attack that. Like he's, he's really comfortable in that area. You take your shots downfield, you run reverses, but they need to live in that range with him. Yeah. And when it comes to the reverses, just fake them once in a while. Now this is the fumble and I'm not mad because it's his first lost fumble of the season. And overall, on the season, I've been pretty pleased with Jordan Love's decision-making, especially when it comes to options. But I said it to Jake as this play was happening. I'm like, just follow your block, buddy. That's literally what I said. I'm like, buddy, just follow your block. Yeah, if he goes outside. Follow your block to the outside. Just run straight to the pylon. Just just follow your block, dude. That's that's just it. He probably thought he – I mean, he would have got the first down if he didn't fumble, right? But, like, he – He, he didn't need to cut that back. back. Oh, shit. Thibodeau's fast there, too. Like, he's already even with him. So, he probably seen that and tried to cut back in between them. But he got held up here. It's not like if he doesn't get held up, he doesn't fumble. You know what I mean? So, yeah, if he goes straight to the ground, if that hold up right there doesn't happen, if he doesn't, you know, break the tackle a little bit, he doesn't fumble. But my, my whole problem, before I let you go, Tyler, I'm sorry. Um, my whole problem with, because I heard people saying Thibodeau's fast, probably chase him down. He cut into him and got hit anyways. Yeah. At least try to make a play and go to the outside and get the damn first down, dude. Yeah, yeah, first down or something. Go to the pylon here. Just follow your block. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. Um. Yeah, and then that's and that's like I said with with the floor with Stenovich, uh, Love. I'm like just. <sighs> okay. What I what I said to Jake was. Overall, like I said, I've overall been pretty pleased with his decision making. And Bryant kind of tiptoed around it with the early miscues, the couple third downs that he missed. I feel like that shook his confidence a little bit. Whereas the previous three weeks, he had been playing with a lot of confidence starting early. The Packers were scoring touchdowns on their first drives, and it was giving them a lot of momentum. Because that's when Jordan Love, when he has that confidence, he's playing with that loose confidence and instinct that he had the last three weeks. What I said was, I think when he got into this point where he missed those couple throws, that then he became sort of robotic and he was trying to be overly technical instead mm-hmm. of just slinging it like he had been. And that's one of those things where it's like he just gets, you know, a little too rigid. He's trying to be a little too technical. And then he's overthrowing balls or he's throwing rifles that just don't, you know, don't quite have the touch on him. And that's what he needs. He needs that confidence just to play a little looser and rely on his instincts. And that goes back to something that LaFleur has been saying since training camp. Yeah, it might be this might be the perfect time to be rolling into a game against the top, you know, bottom three team against the pass. So hopefully he can get snap right back into confidence yep. here. Yeah. So Jake, you have any thoughts on Jordan Love? Uh 
I'm just going to word what Brian said differently because that was my main point too. When Jordan Love needed to be good, he was great. That's just my opinion on it. Um, when he needed to be money, he was money. Uh, he had a couple of really good throws in the red zone that I talked about already. And, you know, let's give him some credit. Uh, this this guy is going to probably throw for 4,000 yards, right? He needs, cool. to average 20, he, he needs to average 229 yards over the next four games. By the way, Bryant, you said this was maybe his worst game of the year. He had 218 yards. So to say he can't average 229 yards over the final four games is insane. My main point with that, he's going to do that without a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard rusher. I don't know if that's ever been done ever. Honestly, it probably has been. Probably. We'd have to look how rare. It might be rarer than we realize. But What I can tell you is that it's never happened in Bears history. <laughs> and if Jordan Love throws seven touchdowns over the last four games, he'll have the right, he'll have more touchdowns this season than any Bears quarterback ever. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, Reggie said, they shipped me uh ended up winning a, a Lucas Van Ness, but they shipped me a Watson one. They sent me the Van Ness certification, said I could trade it or keep the Watson one. I mean, Watson or Van Ness, I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's a win-win, bro. Good for yeah. you, bro. I'm like, hey, give me both. Okay. <laughs> the way that I looked at this Giants game before we move into the Buccaneers game is this was an opportunity for us to be realistic, even though we are optimistic. And we can be realistic without just tearing the team down and saying that everybody sucks and everybody needs to be fired because there's way too much of that out there. And what I will say is we understand that there's a lot of content out there. Ours isn't the only content that a lot of people follow. Should but be. we would also encourage people to whatever content they take in is to at least try to get a couple of sources doesn't even have to be us but just try to gather multiple sources so that you're not only thinking what one content creation site is telling you because what we would encourage and what we hope is that we can help other people then be able to formulate their own opinions and have them be good ones and we're not saying that we're the only show with good opinions but there's those out there with bad opinions and then they people hear them say one thing and they latch onto it, and that's the only narrative that they will then follow. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because it grabs headlines to be negative. It's so much easier to be negative than positive. It's way easier. It's because people are emotional and they're mad that the Packers lost. So when they hear somebody saying bad things about the Packers, which they're mad at, they're like, Yeah, I agree, which you should not do, okay? Basically, I'm going to piggyback off what Tyler just said. It's okay to do some critical thinking, okay? It's okay to do some problem solving, okay? This could be a life lesson or just about sports. Take it whatever way you want. Americans do not problem solve anymore. We are lazy. We take the easy way out of everything, okay? Let's not do that, okay? Let's especially not do that with our sports teams. To just say that somebody should get fired because we gave up 200 rush yards is lazy, Okay? Let's just call it what it is. You did not go back. We don't agree to a certain point because I do agree, but I don't agree that it should happen in season because we're not going to get anywhere with that, right? If it was going right. to happen in season, it had to happen early season. But And, and I agreed with now you. Now we just wait. I agreed with you that I don't think it, that he should be back. But 
I agree with Tyler when I say that now is not the right time. It's just absolutely not the right time. Okay. And I'm not going to make a million excuses about players being hurt or anything like that, but it's just, it's not the right time. You can just tell when it is and it isn't. After the season, when we make the playoffs and we play our one or if we're lucky, two playoff games, because I don't think we're winning the Super Bowl either. Whenever we get that experience and, yep. you know, these young players get some confidence, they learn some things, he'll be gone then. Cakes, his contract's up. We're not going to rehire him. Uh, he's then, a lame duck. Let me say this. Now, uh, hey, one, real quick, Go though, because this kind of plays to my point with LaFleur. Has he actually fired a coach or has it been lame ducks he just didn't bring back? I think Drayton was fired. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, okay, so well, let me say it. this, and this is why I call the, the just the fire Joe Barry narrative lazy. If you're just going to say fire Joe Barry because the defense didn't play well, that's where I'm going to call you lazy. Because they're, I mean, we've just talked about it for an hour and 15 minutes, and obviously that wasn't all about the defense. But all of these other things, all these other factors that contribute to this, not just, oh, the defense gave up a field goal on the final drive, and that's why we lost. There are so many other things that happen over the course of a 60-minute game. That's why I bring up things like the fact that the defense only gave up three points in the final 16 and a half minutes. There are way more factors than just one defensive coordinator. And I get it. People want the, I've called it a scapegoat mentality. They just want one person to blame. So they can be like, well, if this one thing was different, so would the outcome have been. And that's just not the case. That's why we break all of these things down is to show that there are team responsibilities. Jake said it too. This football is the ultimate team sport. So it, it really just needs to be this collective of everybody has their part to do, not just one coach, one coordinator. All right. That said, let's move forward. Let's focus ahead. Brian, what are you looking for from the Packers offense against the Buccaneers on Sunday? Okay, so um, can we function without Watson? I'm hoping so. Um, we need Jones to play because I, I do think we need a home run hitter. Don't get me wrong, Jaden Reed has been good, but – uh, Aaron Jones is still more of a home run hitter at this point because really Jaden Reed's hitting his home runs on, on reverses. And I can promise you Tampa Bay is going to be looking for reverses this game. Yeah. They also have a safety named Antoine Winfield Jr. who's very good. Uh, they also have Devin White who is very fast to yep. on those, getting side to side. Uh, so uh, wide receivers are beat up, but Wick, Wick seems to be making kind of a miracle recovery quickly. They, was he even listed as – I think he was questionable. He's, he's out of the concussion protocol, so he's – Well, Reed is out of concussion. I'm talking about Jaden. Uh, Reed's thing was an ankle. No, Reed was concussion. Wick's was um, ankle. Reed was an ankle. Out. Reed was an ankle, dude. I know Wicks. No, Wicks came out after the game and said because Reed was asked the question, "How's your ankle feeling?" And he, your ankle, he said, "Ready for Sunday." Yeah. But Wicks too was Ooh. he hurt his ankle. I don't know. I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure Wicks was in the concussion protocol and out. You're thinking of a couple games ago. But anyways, moving on. Um, so hopefully his ankle's good to go. Tampa Bay is weak against the pass. Uh, third worst at like 264 yards per game. Um. And now they'll be without one of the better cornerbacks in the game. Um, so we need to be throwing the ball down the field, not laterally in the line of scrimmage. Uh, and by, by down the field, I'm talking about that sweet spot. Yeah, you should take a shot or two, but 8 to 12 yards, really. Um, they have one of the better defenses in the league against running the ball. However, 
Um, Golson is out and Vita Vea is doubtful. Vita Vea is a huge loss, like an absolutely huge loss if he does not play for them. So I pulled Wicks up the, was also on ankle. Wicks was also yeah, they're both listed as ankle. Yeah, so so, um, so it's possible Green Bay can find some success on the ground. So if they do get rolling on the ground, that would be great. But even if they struggle, they need to stick with it and, and do that play action plays and stuff in that 8 to 12 yard range. And then, you know, pick your spots where you're going to take a shot downfield to either at this point, it'll probably be either downfield to Wicks or Dobbs, right? Um, probably Dobbs. Jaden Reed, too. Jaden Reed can make plays downfield. But um, and then, you know, they are top, top 10 in the. The league in sacks, sacking the quarterback, but our offensive line has played pretty well. Um, so they just need to keep doing that. But with Vita Vea being out, probably, and Golson already ruled out, and a cornerback right. already out, this is another team that they have lost some big players. They have a uh, safety listed as Dolphin on, on defense. Well. So, and I do think their offense is good enough to, to push us. So um, we'll see. All right. So, Jake, what are you looking for from the Packers offense against the Buccaneers? Yeah, I was pretty bummed to see that Watson's uh, probably going to be a no-go. Um, really hoping that Aaron Jones can be back. He's already missed six games this year, so that really, really, really sucks. Um, would love for Aaron Jones to be back. I have literally have zero idea how A.J. Dillon is going to carry a football with him. They said he'd, they've been experimenting with a pad on his hand. The only thing I thought of is like maybe I don't even know if this sounds well. Can you like tape his hand together like this and they they, don't even carry it like this every play? I don't know. You don't even mess with it at this point. You have a you have a veteran in Kenyon Drake. Yeah, and then you have Patrick Taylor, who is a veteran. Like don't don't even play with it at this point. Would be my thought process. Yeah, there's I don't know. It's the run game has to work. (laughs) It has to. Uh, They're one of the worst. Run, run defense. Actually, they're pretty good in the run defense. They're 10th. They only give them 98.8. But um, we have to be able to, to throw the ball, right? And what Bryant was saying, and I think Malik Heath and Dontavian Wicks can, can be big-time players if Wicks plays. Um, Reed is going to have to be a big-time player. And if, you know, sounds like Watson's not going to be out, it looks probably Tucker Craft and Romeo Dobbs getting the lion's share of the targets, right? So we're going to have to figure it out, but that's what LaFleur is paid for, right? He's supposed to be this offensive guru, figure it out. Um, I would love to see some more uh, get, get Jordan Love moving out of the pocket. I think he's really, really good at that. Give him the option to, you know, tuck in and run, uh, dump it down to the tight ends as well. So that's what I'm looking for. Just really kind of sad about Watson because he was looking like he was going to explode again. Yeah, and hopefully this is the last game that he misses. It would be nice to have him down the stretch and in, in a potential playoff game. So you brought up they give up about 99 rushing yards. They give up 264 passing yards. Bryant brought up that they're a bottom three defense against the pass, number 30. They are number 30. Um, but they are number 13 in scoring defense. They're two spots behind the Packers. So yep. they are a similar bend but don't break type defense. Yep. That said, it's it's really going to come down to getting Jordan Love going, get him playing loose, playing confident, like against Detroit and Kansas City. That version of Jordan Love – is a pro bowler. That's how good that version of Jordan Love is. And now that we've seen that, we know he's capable of it. People are going to come to expect it. And I get that it's not going to be every single week, especially in his first year as a starter. But now that we've seen that he's capable of it, I'm going to be looking for it every single week. And again, I don't expect it every single week. If he played like he did against Detroit and Kansas City every single week, he'd be the fucking MVP. (laughs) All right. But can he access it 
for the next four games to get them into the playoffs. That's that's the section of it that I'm looking for. I'm not looking for Jordan Love to be this great player over 17 games consistently the whole time in his first year as a starter. But can he turn it on for these next four games? That's what I want to know. Bryant, what are you looking for from the Packers' defense against the Buccaneers' offense? A little emotional while I was writing this. I'll read what I actually wrote for like three sentences, but I put, I can't do this crap where we watch a mediocre quarterback just throw what they want against us because we play soft and let them complete anything they want underneath. Um, I'm convinced at this point that Barry doesn't know how to game, game plan the specific opponent and runs the exact same game plan weekly. Baker's, But with that being said, Baker is actually having a decent year at 20 touchdowns and eight interceptions. So if you give him the chance to make the easy plays, he's probably going to make them and he'll have a chance to beat you. Um, Goodwin are, you know, Chris Godwin and um, Evans, they're, they're really good wide receivers. A couple of years ago, we were talking about that being the best du- duo in the NFL, right? When Tom well, Brady was on the ball, so... They, you know, we need to find a way to disrupt the, the passing game. But really, honestly, the player that worries me the most is Rashad White. He's not killing it on the ground. He's like 3.8 yards per carry. But he has 1,164 all-purpose yards um, with us He's just good. allowing our, you know, fourth 200-yard rushing game of the year and him being able to catch the ball in the backfield. Uh, God, I hope Quay Walker's back this game because we're going to need him. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay is – pretty good at protecting quarterback as well. So if, you know, if we're going to get after him, we probably need to be able to, you know, dial up a few blitzes. We bring something that they haven't seen yet that, you know, uh, run some stunts, something. Don't get me wrong. You know, Gary is an athletic freak, but we're seeing that's kind of hurting him to a certain degree. He was over how many times I feel, feel like I've seen Tyler or heard Tyler say three or four times this year that Gary is just pushing up the field too much. He's pushing up the field too much. He's trying to use his speed too much to a certain degree. So we need to we these linebackers um, and safeties need to get involved in this pass rushing game. Yeah, just mix it up a little bit. And my thing, you brought this up, is you know the dinking and dunking and playing soft. Regardless of where you are, you still have to keep the plays in front of you. Yeah, you can't can't let guys get behind you because you know Baker Mayfield he is who he is, but he can still put the ball downfield. The Buccaneers have scored some long touchdowns this year, like 70-plus yard touchdowns this year with Mike Evans. They've scored long touchdowns. You cannot have plays get by. Baker's always thrown a pretty nice deep ball. So. Yeah. So the Bucks have the 22nd scoring offense. That is not indicative of their weapons. If you brought up Evans, Godwin, and Rashad White, you can throw in uh, Kate Otten, who's scored a couple touchdowns the last few weeks. They, they have some solid weapons and a serviceable quarterback and a defense decent offensive line. They they have the capability to be a good offense. They also have the capability to be a bad offense, but to, to look at it as how they how they are, their their offense scoring wise is not indicative of the weapons they have. So that the plays have to stay in front of you. Otherwise we're gonna get into a situation where they score long touchdowns because they've done it to other teams. So Jake, what are you looking for from the Packers defense? I'm looking for us to uh, just get pressure on Baker. Um, I wrote down some numbers. Uh, when he's under pressure, he has a 46.9 completion percentage. That's, like, honestly Gross. fucking terrible. Um, all where you should be. And he really doesn't stretch the field. Yes, he throws a pretty deep ball, but looking at his numbers this season, um, this combines outside the numbers on the left, middle of the field, and uh, outside the numbers on the right. Uh, he is 13 for 59 
uh, for 463 yards. Obviously, that sounds like a lot of yards. I could tell you Jordan loves numbers in comparison if you'd like to think that's a lot of yards. Um, he has a 57.5 rating, which is also fucking garbage, and five touchdowns to three interceptions. So, I mean, for a guy who has Mike Evans, Mike Mike Evans, like we need to start putting more respect on Mike Evans. Hall of Famer Mike Evans. Uh, Hall, of, Hall of Famer, 1,000 yards every season. Uh, including this year, Mike Evans. I mean, that guy just goes out there and gives you a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. That's what Mike Evans does, right? Yeah. So, in comparison to that, I mean, Jordan Love, he's twenty-five for sixty-five, eight hundred twenty-eight yards, five and five. Two of those interceptions came in the Raiders game, uh, and he has a seventy-eight point six rating compared to the fifty-seven point five rating. Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick. Jordan Love is in his first year starting, and he does not have Mike Evans. By the way. No. Um, so like eleven thousand four hundred forty-five careers and ninety-one touchdowns. Yeah, he's what thirty. Yeah, dude, dude just he yep. he won Johnny Manziel a Heisman, dude. Like that's who Mike Evans is. Like, let's not forget about that. Guy. I remember several years ago they were talking about if he was going to stay in Tampa Bay or not, and I was praying to God he came to Green Bay because could you imagine him and Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers? Filthy. <laughs> um. But really, I'm just looking for us to to pressure Baker. He's he's he falls right into what uh, Bryant is talking about. He really kills in the short to intermediate. So let's hope that the Packers come ready, aggressive, and tackle. That's all I gotta say. Spoiler alert, uh, Bryant. What is the matchup you're watching? Uh, I put Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, and Wicks um, slash Heath, depending on who really plays, uh, versus the injured Bucks secondary. Um, they're missing their starting safety. They're missing a starting cornerback. Um, they've already sucked against the pass game as it is. Um, they need to attack. Where the, the area I want them to attack is behind the lab linebackers before Antoine Winfield because Antoine Winfield will make plays on the ball. We've seen him do it before. He'll do it again. Um, you're going to have to throw deep a few times. So just make sure you do that outside the numbers, really. You'll be fine as far as maybe you won't complete it, but hopefully you shouldn't get a chance for Winfield to get over there and, you know, pick the ball off. Um, but really, I'm. Um, that sweet zone I've been talking about, attack them there. Beat these cornerbacks. Beat the backup safety. You know, there's a chance that, I mean, Jamal Dean, their other cornerback, is questionable as well. Yep. So he's not coming to – like, they could be in really rough shape, like almost like us. Um, so we just need – we need to make plays on them. Now, that matchup could change if, you know, Vita Vea – that's a huge loss. I don't – Vita Vea is a monster. Like, he is a yeah. game wrecker. So we're kind of fortunate that he's doubtful. So, yeah, um, mine's very similar. I put Jordan Love versus pass catchers just because it sounds like they're healthy except for Christian Watson. If Christian Watson, who is already doubtful, doesn't play, what is the response? So we saw earlier in the year this game. Honestly, it's starting to remind me a lot of the New Orleans game, where we're looking at it like there's good players on the defense, there's good players in the offense but they don't always put it all together. So we had Jaden Reed making plays in that game. We had him drop a pass too, but Jaden Reed made some plays in that game to help put the Packers in a situation to come back from being down 17 points. Obviously not getting down 17 points in the first place would be ideal, but it happened, but they came back and won. Ontavian Wicks earlier in the season had drawn some big pass interference penalties. Moving the ball can be done in different ways. But it has to be done, and we need all of the phases of the game. So we need the pass catchers to to play their part. And drops are part of it as well. 
the Packers have 20 drops on the season. Oh, boy. That's a lot. Chiefs are at, like, 33. So, that's, I mean. Yeah, well, they keep throwing it to Kendarius Tony like fucking idiots. So. Well, and they have MVS on their team. That's their own fault. Yeah. So, yeah. Jordan Love versus pass catchers without Christian Watson. Uh, Jake, what's the matchup you're watching? I brought on Mike Evans, and it's our corners versus Mike Evans. If you look over the last four weeks, what is the one good wide receiver we have faced? Keenan Allen. And what the hell did he do to our corners? He abused them. <laughs> the Chiefs. It could have been worse, too. It could have been worse. Um, Mike Evans is quite, this is what I wrote down, quite literally one of the game's best playmakers. He is the model of consistency when you look at NFL players. If you yeah, take a guy – Season by season. Not game by game, but season by season. Yeah, yeah. It, like, like, when you take the totality of a player, yeah. like his year, that's Mike Evans. You I would know? love it if Mike Evans had one of his two catches for 20-yard games this week. That would be uh, that would be ideal. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna hopefully <laughs> double team him, safety over the top, and and make somebody else beat us. Even though Chris hopefully Godwin at least Jair or Stokes plays. I know yeah, we, we don't need, know we need Jair Stokes right now, and I feel like they're gonna do this crap where they give him like four snaps again. But like that's another thing too. We're late. Like, yeah, it's no more saving him for like if Aaron Jones is back, he needs to be back, and you need to give him the ball. I agree. At this point, you know what I mean. I agree. I agree. All right, Bryant, who's your X factor? Uh, Jordan Love. Um, so I feel like he needs to start quick and he needs to, uh, you know, he needs to take advantage of this weak secondary. So um, just complete those passes out of there for you, get in rhythm and get rolling again. I like it. Jake, who's your X factor? Mine is Baker Mayfield. Uh, this is going to be the third straight year that he's played at Lambeau Field. I was pretty well. Uh, he, he has played well, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. so keep doing your best Jake Cutler uh, yeah. play style. Uh, I will say, Bryant was reading off my sheet because he's a goddamn cheater. I want some more exotic blitzes. I want some more exotic blitzes. What what the hell happened to DB blitzes? Why don't we blitz our slots anymore? I like, uh, That doesn't make sense. We used to do that shit all the time. With how fast Nixon is, you can't bring him on a blitz? Right or well, with Jair against the Bears in Week One, he missed the tackle, but he was there. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, I agree with the safety blitz too. Like, Savage is pretty fast. Savage. Put him down in the box. John Jonathan Owens is down in the box a lot. Make him blitz. Cool. If he gets a clean shot on the quarterback, he might kill him. Right? Same with Johnson Jr. That dude smacks tight ends. Imagine what he can do to a quarterback. Bro, he – I don't know if I want to send Anthony Johnson Jr. on a blitz, dude. That guy's looking like he's ripping to somebody's – like <laughs> going to kill train, somebody. Dude. He is crazy. <laughs> also, um, I don't think that should have been a penalty in the Giants game. But that's Oh, I agree. It probably wasn't. But, like, Brian, you don't even give him a chance to throw it. Hey, hey, he clocked that guy. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> My X-Factor, Jake, almost – you almost got it. Dontavian Wicks. He's come through in some key moments and has set up some key moments in a lot of games. So he might not be the one making the game-winning touchdown, but when it comes to like Brian brought up like the third and the third down play, he did get it against the Chiefs and the Packers scored a touchdown. Same thing against the Lions; he had some big catches, and then the Packers were able to score touchdowns. Like it's it's something where he might not be the guy scoring the game-winning touchdown, but he's going to make catches on the way down the field. I'm with it. 
Bryant, what is your key to the game? So my key to the game is just get the love throwing the ball um, in rhythm early and often in that sweet spot. Like I've, t- I've hit on, I've hit on, and I've continued to hit on because I feel like that's where he's been best all year long. Um, just continue to hit those and stay ahead of the sticks. Get into those second and five situations where they don't know if we're passing or throwing. So, I like it. Uh, Jake, what is your key to the game? So now I'm going to read off of Brian's notebook because you've had this a couple of times. Win the turnover battle. But I have some context for you, and it's actually kind of insane, and it makes me think how even these guys are just looking at their record. In four of the six Packers wins, they have won the turnover battle. In four of the six wins, Tampa Bay has won the turnover battle. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are plus six in the turnover battle where Green Bay is at zero. So that could be a really, really big factor in this game. Um, Also, just want to throw this out there for the Packers. In six of their seven losses, they've lost the turnover battle. So it's really big for Green Bay. Well, I mean, I will say some of that is like late game turnovers. It is. It is. But in in that that Raiders game, they had three turnovers to zero. So they had two, which one again, one of them was at the end. But yeah, Denver, another one. Penalty set that one up, which we agreed on. Yeah. All right. My key to the game, I have written in all caps, is tackling. I brought up again the yards after contact. The fact that 129 of the Giants' 209 rushing yards was after contact is ridiculous. That's not great. That's telling me the players are in the right positions and they are not making the plays. You you can't have a team averaging damn near five yards a carry after contact. That, That just can't happen. That's how a team averages seven yards a carry. Yeah. Just as soon as you put contact on somebody, it needs to be them on the grass. So that's my key to the game. Jake, what's the weather like? Barry, Barry, are you there? Um, (laughs) uh, It's going to be 37 to 40 degrees. Uh, This game's at noon, by the way, so it should probably be pretty nice, honestly. Really, the weather, I was looking at that. Weather shouldn't be a factor, really. No, forty degrees in mid-December in, in Green Bay, no Wisconsin, is like they'll real nice. They'll, they'll probably feel nice to Tampa Bay, to be honest. Okay, uh, so forty degrees, winds at eight miles per hour. I mean, it's going to be pretty mild. Uh, hopefully, Jordan Love is slinging it. <laughs> hopefully, he's bringing the heat, right? Yeah. Wow, that was a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, go first. What's your offense? <laughs> well, to piggyback off Jake, Jordan Love comes back with a vengeance, throws for uh, 300 yards and four touchdowns. You fucker. My <laughs> offensive one is that Jordan Love has his second 300-yard game. Ooh, I'm here for both. I'm here for both. I am, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Uh, Jake, what's your on offense? Packers get their second 30-point game of the year. They've had yeah, they've had a I mean, twenty-seven and four touchdowns are happening. I can easily see a field goal added to that. Let's do it. All right, uh, Bryant. What about defense? Packers only have six interceptions on the year. They get three oh. this game. You fucker! <laughs> Did I get you two? You fucker! <laughs> I rolled Bryant's down not first for anything next week. <laughs> this, is, this is this is what I picked. Pick off Baker twice. The Packers only have six on the year, and Baker has only thrown eight. <laughs> I put three, so mine's a little bit different. <laughs> well, we were close. You even used my stat. I was like, oh, I'm going to sound so smart, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'll say I'll say two. I don't think I don't think three times unless it's a situation where like they have two and then like they're trying. How many did he throw when he was with the Browns? And then how many did he throw when he was with the Rams? Okay. Yeah, it was four with the Browns. I remember that. Um, That was wild, dude. Yeah, it was the season of giving. It was Christmas Day, dude. All right. Uh, mine is the Buccaneers under 15 points. I looked at one of those too. Our average, our defense has averaged up giving up 19 and a half points at home, but it's been either a high level or amount, and then our it's been but the Detroit good. game that holds it up. Yeah, and the bull and the Rams game helps hold bring it back down. Right. So. That's close. Uh, my score prediction is actually really close to that, so I'll say yes. No, no. One of mine reflects that. My heart is close to that. Yeah. All right, Bryant, what's your score prediction from the head? Packers 24, Bucks 20. Okay. Jake, what is your score prediction from the head? Or do you want to give do you want me to give mine so you can write them down? You can give yours, brother. Go ahead. Uh 20 to 17, Packers. Ooh. Close. Bryant, you're really, really close. I have 24, 19. Nice. All right. Bryant, what about from the heart? Uh, Packers 28, Bucks 17. Ooh, you said 28, and I was like, uh-oh. I have 28, 13. 28, 13. Okay. Well, I have 27, 16. Nice. Oh, all right. Well, here's that situation where we're all going to be super close to each other again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else you guys want to throw out there, Packers, Buccaneers? No, this is a big game. Like, there's no way yeah. to, no way to, you know. They're all big games from here on. Yeah, but for this one, with you're you're messing with the team right now. If they if they beat us, they dump us in you know in a tiebreaker and everything else. So um, yeah. this, well, is this is a, a team that has a chance to win their division still and get a yeah. home playoff game. So this yeah, one looms so. large, and then we you know I'm not saying we should look past the Panthers, but I don't think the Panthers are gonna, they're really not that motivated to lose either because they they're stupid and traded that pick for Bryce yeah. Young, but um, yeah. like you know. I, I don't see us losing the Panthers. You never know any given Sunday, I guess, but uh, that would be a pretty shocking loss. And then, mm-hmm. you know, so – because that's next week is the Panthers, right? Yep. And then we, and then then we ramp up for two division games. So yep. yeah. I will say this. I'll say if the Packers win the next two games, create some crazy, crazy momentum – the Vikings have some weird stuff going on with their quarterback room now where Dobbs is now the third stringer when everybody was talking about him being most god. improved. And, yeah, yeah, calling him a god and stuff. So, I mean, the thing about sports is like it's it's like you said any given Sunday, right? The the Las Vegas Raiders scored zero points against the Vikings, and then they go on to score 60 freaking three. <laughs> and they score 42 in the first half. So I mean, wild. <laughs> you you don't you don't know what's gonna happen, right? I just want us to have a game. Jack like Jones had was insane. Never in my life did I think Aiden O'Connell would be leading an offense that scored sixty fucking points, dude. Well, the offense didn't. They only scored fifty six, or no, fifty nine. They only scored forty nine. I still I just want to give a shout out. Yana scored more than the Raiders. Just want to point that out there. <laughs> um, but uh. You just never know, but if the Packers win the next two games and create some crazy momentum going into that Vikings game, which is the last game of 2023, by the way, so let's have some fun with that because uh, it's a Sunday night game on yeah. New Year's Eve, so Year's that'll Eve. be fun. Um, you never know, man. And these Bears fans are talking silly again. 
DJ Moore, we're going to have something for them when we see yeah, them. Why are they worry about their next three games? Like, why are they talking about us right now? Because we live rent-free. Did you see what happened? Did you see what happened in that, that Bears-Lions tunnel? Uh-uh. After the Bears just sm- smashed the Lions, right? All the fans, Bears and Lions fans are walking together. All of them are chanting together, Green Bay sucks. They just played against each other. Like, you're supposed what to hate each other. of losers. And they're saying Green Bay sucks. Wow. The obsession runs deep, apparently. Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> I, that's what. That's why I just call it jealousy, and I just move on with my life. I said it like I think I said it last year. Someday you'll be able to cheer for your team being good instead of having to cheers for our being bad. Yeah, but it ain't gonna happen for a long time because we got another quarterback and they can't get one. So, yeah, like I said, seven touchdowns and he breaks their franchise record for touchdowns in a season. Love it. All right, all right. We will be back next Friday night. Another show talking about the. Uh, Packers Buccaneers recapping that game and previewing the Panthers. Thanks everybody for tuning in, commenting along, and we will see you guys next week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.